Thanks, first of all, uh, to go to uh, a couple of people, um, but I'll, I'll just single out MMD um, for posting a note after my last episode. I was kind of—I don't—I wasn't feeling sorry for myself, but I was—I really was questioning the value of me continuing podcasting, and uh, here I am back again. So that short-lived, never-happened quitting uh, is behind me now, and uh, I shall carry on. But um, sort of suggested I, I should have his exact words here. I could probably find them. Jeez, hang on. Then first I gotta find Discord. Then I gotta find Dixon Jeans. I'm on it. I'm on it. Come on, I'm slow, but things happen. Oh, also shout out to uh, those of you out there, friends I know from Discord, uh, including Heavy D, who also have trouble with um, these apps for you know getting your discount for Tim Hortons or whatever the case happens to be. Tim's, I'm sure, is the worst, but it's nice to know it's not just old age uh, and me not being able to do it anymore. Um, Oh, maybe it wasn't on my channel. It was on his. It's not, and so it doesn't work. The workers like him because they're not tech support for app. Oh, well, there we are. Yeah, it's about tech support and the uh, even the people taking the orders can't figure it out but um let's see god what a horrible way to start far from fan favorites yeah i believe that's the podcast scarborough dude i have definitely been influenced by your style of podcasting well that's music to my ears right there I hope you keep podcasting, and there's some brave, awesome, something brave, awesome about it, especially in the context of getting older. It inspires me and reminds me to make sure to enjoy life. Now, those simple words mean so much. So, thank you, IMD in particular. But it, it's a it's a message to everybody out there, and it's not just you know send me messages, but to any of your friends who are doing something. And, you know, going out on a limb a little bit and just need a little bit of encouragement. Because I know a lot of you just, oh, yeah, well, I meant to say that, you know, post a comment or something. And then life happens. But that's part of the problem with life today. We're just too busy to do the little things that don't take much time or effort. But they get sort of swept away, you know, by all the busyness of the day and all the other stuff and the bombardment of other social media so you know make a point of it folks anyway thank you let's move on let's move on we're done there uh it is uh may 15th it is a sunday afternoon and i am sitting on my deck where i rarely podcast from i was here all day yesterday and i'm here today under the shade of the japanese maple um Two days ago, this maple was just sort of, you could see the leaves curled up, just, you know, like buds, really, nothing happening. And in one 
24-hour period, the entire tree opened. It's just incredible. Uh, and it does, that's the way it does it. And, it. and it's the most beautiful. This this is a tree we planted. It's huge now. It's huge. But it's that gorgeous. It's a Japanese red maple. And it's a beautiful red when the sun's shining on it. So the view I've got here as I scan around a tall cedar next to me, a whole row of weeping willows in the schoolyard behind us or at the end of the soccer field, uh, trees in the park, other kinds. It's, I'm surrounded by trees. It is the most beautiful place we have. And this is why oh, I don't want to move until I absolutely have to. Uh, it's really nice. And uh, so I've just decided lately to take advantage of the deck. You know, travel is expensive. We know that. It doesn't mean I'm not going to go camping anymore, but uh, I will make a point of using my back deck. So here I am in my recliner, and hang on while I have a sip of um, chai latte. Ooh, I bought this in a carton long ago, months ago. I think it was discounted because maybe nobody was buying it. Uh, a chai concentrate, it was just a black liquid of uh, tea. And uh, you're meant to mix it with water, and you can eat it, eat it, drink it hot or cold. So I added milk, which you do, and ice cubes, and oh, it is delicious. The perfect drink for me this afternoon. I was going to be down on Bluffers Park. I thought, oh, I want a podcast from the water again. And then remembered, eh, it's Sunday, perfect day. It's just going to be really busy. And why not stay home? So instead of going out, I did a chore today that I've put off for two years. And I, I have to say, full credit goes to my wife. She didn't tell me to do this one particular chore, but she made it clear that... Uh, I guess the message was, soon you will be too old to be able to get rid of stuff yourself. And you'll have to pay somebody else to do it for you. Uh, which is kind of, you know, I mean, it's a very direct message. But it, it worked in my case, because I put things off. Uh, Naoko is it's part of her Japanese character, part of her, um, her nature. Uh, she just gets things done. Uh, I won't even I won't even list yesterday all the things she did, but my God, it was a lot. While I lay on the deck in the recliner thinking, isn't it nice to have a day off? Uh, and then only later realized that uh, she had a full day of work ahead of her here at home. Okay, we'll just park that. So one of her jobs at the end of yesterday was to tackle the front hall closet, which is where we keep shoes and hats and coats. So I have in that closet at least six, seven, eight jackets, coats, windbreakers. Uh, you know, I, I could list them now, many of them which she has bought for me, and also like heavy-duty sweaters for warmth, you know, that hang on hangers. So that's one thing. That's fine. Um, we keep the keys to our three vehicles in there and we're continually dropping them and they end up falling in a boot somewhere. And you're thinking, where the hell is the key for the Toyota? Oh, it's probably in the boot. Oh, okay. Because it is also full of the shoes of the four of us. My son who lives in Vancouver, several pairs of his shoes are still in that closet. Uh, they won't be for long because now they're in the hallway for him to try on when he gets home today from Bon Echo Park. 
and is going to have to make a choice. Do you want those shoes, or are they, uh, uh, are they going to be recycled? Um, and then several pairs for me, including one I had completely forgotten about, and they're perfect slip-on kind of loafer-type shoes, but good enough for walking. And I just rip the insole out, and I can still uh, wear them with my brace. So that was wonderful. Uh, a pair of running shoes, tried them on, thought, oh, these are great. And she said, but look at the heel. The heel's all worn. And then I found an identical pair that I had been using because I was all ready to put up a fight. No, no, I need these shoes. They're comfortable. And then realized, no, I have the exact same pair. So keep the less wrecked pair and throw out these. Anyway, hats galore. Uh, just stacked high with hats. Anyway cleaning time around the house. This is something she would do in the spring anyway. So I decided, all right, she'll, she's sort of, you know, I can see all she's done and I've done nothing. And I have a closet, a bedroom closet full of my clothes, half of which I don't even know if I'd fit or want or ever wear or haven't worn in years. Um, the kind of thing Jason would take care of, Tennessee Jake. So I decided it was my day to do that. And I put everything on the bed and uh, tried on every pair of pants. I couldn't believe how much stuff I got rid of. Like some just straight for the garbage. Now this is covered in cat fur that'll never come off. Uh, These have a hole in the seat. I don't know why I saved them. Uh, You know, so there was a throw-up pile and then there was a a huge recycle pile. And it's good because we're having a uh, sort of a rummage sale at our church, at our uh, senior center. So I did it. I did it. And I, I feel good about it. A lot of them, the order was, don't buy me any more shirts because uh, I was having to give up shirts that I've hardly ever worn. But I had to narrow it down. I mean, I had to make some tough choices. And uh, anyway, I feel good about it. I feel good that I did something. And now I feel sort of guilt-free that I can sit here on the deck and drink my chai. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. and chat with you just a little bit. Uh, so that's what's going on in my life. Yesterday, Saturday, well, let's say Friday night. Friday night I met John and Lisa and uh, Brian, our good buddy Brian, who we haven't seen for quite a while. Um, well, Lisa hadn't. Um, at the only cafe, we got a very nice table on the patio out back. I had three fabulous beer, each one different, each one smaller than the last. Like one was the full pint of a pale ale. Second one was a, uh, gosh, a haze, I think. No, it was a bitter. It was a bitter, an extra special bitter. And the third one was a haze. And each one was in a different size glass because that, they keep the prices the same, but the volume is different. And I loved every single one of them. But I only had those three. And, of course, I stepped into the alleyway and had my traditional toque. I always do at the only. And just had a fine day. And in the end, it was down to Lisa and I chatting for a long time. Surrendering our table to a couple who really, (laughs) really wanted that table. And so we had a nice overlapping chat with them. And then I thought, okay, I've only had three beer the Eaton House is open. I really need to go to the Eaton House. I didn't want another beer, but I, I felt obliged because I've talked about the Eaton House for so long. This is that old-time hotel that has a dance floor, 
a stage for a band, uh, you know, big screen for hockey. And there's been some good times there, but more often than not, it's just completely empty. A couple of pool tables, and it's a family-owned business, and I'm always worried it's just going to be another Toronto casualty that the land is worth more than the old hotel, and it'll close. So I felt obliged. So we walked. Instead of me getting on the subway at Donlins, we walked towards um, the next stop. Um, Is it Pape? Yeah, maybe Pape. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, and I walked in, and he recognized me right away. Hey, what are you doing with a cane? Because it had been that long. And um, I kind of made a promise to come back the next day when they're having a band in the afternoon. It was a Saturday. It was going to be a band, 4 to 8. The hockey game was going to be on. And I just felt obliged. I had a nice chat. So my whole plan for yesterday was to go to the... Um, uh, Eaton House to have a beer I didn't really feel like and to hear a band who wasn't going to be that good but out of obligation and the longer I stayed home the harder it got and then I started thinking you know you're going to have to get Nelcor Daniel to drive you to uh, the um, Eglinton to get on a bus and you're going to get on a very crowded bus with a lot of people then you're going to get on the subway and every trip to Toronto involves, uh, on TTC, involves meeting up with crazy people. Very sad, very unfortunate, but a lot of really broken people in this city. Uh, you know, Friday night when, we, when I went out was the same. I just And it's, this is where elections should be focused on. What are we going to do about the broken people on the streets? The people, I mean, somebody yelling at the train and, uh, just almost seemingly beyond help, but somebody has to. There has to be a solution. There has to be a problem. There has to be care. And that's not something that elections run on, you know. These these are just losers. These are broken people. Hey, can't fix everything. Uh, so it's a sadness to writing the DTC. And I'm, these days I'm feeling more compassion than I used to. I care more. I sort of, I look at a person and I see their story and I wonder, well, where does that, where does that person live and who's looking after them and how did she get out in public dressed like that? And why does she have an open bag of scraps of papers that she's clutching in her hand and is pacing, not, not sitting, but walking up and down the subway car holding these papers oh man so, and I and I thought I'm sitting on my deck on a glorious day why would I want to leave and so I didn't I stayed home um, and I'm glad I did and I forgave myself and hey I'll go to the Eaton House another time but I don't really owe them anything that's where I had my 70th birthday party mm, this chai is good just the drink for today. So anyway, boys and girls, that's a bit of a catch-up on uh, for a Thursday. Ah, that's the next topic. I'm, I'm going to keep rambling on a bit. If you need to take a pause, press the pause button, or fast-forward, or go make your sandwich, I don't care. Um, Thursday, Monday is my class. I've written my fourth story. I'm really enjoying the assignments. But uh, Thursday, I'm going back. I did get accepted into this program. And um, 
for, it's called, let's see, here's the title, The Name of the Study, run by the Camel, Cam, uh, Mental Health uh, Institute. Anyway, the name of the study, Effects of Cannabis on Simulated Driving in Adults Over 65 Years of Age. Okay? And it is funded by Transport Canada, which is good. So you would want to know. And then on the back, the documents I signed, uh, I have read everything here and the study, the effects of cannabis and simulated driving in adults over 65 years age. The purpose of this study is to examine the acute effects of cannabis on simulated driving, cognition, physiological effects, and subjective experience, and blood THC and CBD. My role in the study as a research participant, is to help the investigators collect information on the effects of cannabis on driver behavior by smoking cannabis, acting as a driver, providing urine, saliva, and blood samples, and completing some questionnaires and cognitive assessments. There you go. I will also provide my own legally purchased cannabis and provide the proof of purchase and the packaging, which I have. I will either prepare the cannabis cigarette on my own without mixing with tobacco, or will bring a pre-roll. I like the fact that they call it a pre-roll. My questions, if any, have been answered to my satisfaction. By signing this consent form, I do not waive any of my rights. So there you go. I voluntarily consent to participate in this research study. So I'm I'm very pleased. Do you remember there was a day, sharp podcast listeners will remember when I was thinking, I just I just don't I don't think I can make it downtown for nine o'clock. It just seemed too big a thing. It was one of those Monday mornings when the world just seemed ugh, everything was just gonna be too much of a hassle. And I was ready to didn't think I could do it. And I think these that's why these little um escapes like last weekend going to Pinery are important for me. Hey, you can still function, buddy. You're not... The game's not over yet. My God. 74 sounds old to me, but 80 is what really sounds old. All right, 80, you get any excuse you want. You get a pass on anything. But in your 70s, you should still be able to do shit. Come on. So uh, there you go. I'm no longer allowed to have excuses or blame while I'm walking or anything else. My balance, my condition, my neuropathy. Hey, just carry on, asshole. Do your best, you know. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited about that. That's Thursday. So on Thursday, I'm going to be having practice. I'm going to have about two and a half hours to practice on the simulator. <laughs> and then the next two tests are probably going to be the actual uh, practicing and doing all the tests and the cognitive tests and everything else and mood assessment uh, after imbibing. So... Uh, is it, can you say imbibing? That's, or is that just liquids, alcohol? Anyway, consuming cannabis. Uh, that's good stuff. And on Friday, it's off to Mossport, folks. So um, there you go. I have a whole lot of zen, but uh, here you are. Oh, here's my cat to join me. Um, I'm going to save that for uh, maybe the weekend or another time. I've got great notes. Um is there maybe one very short quote I could use? There is no experience but present experience, and that's what I'm going to try and get back into right now here on my deck. Um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. 
present experience. Scarborough Dude signing off from home. Bye for now. Looks like somebody stole my glass and a drink out of the pitcher. Like I was saying a while ago, here's to a pitcher of beautiful water from the Horseshoe Tavern, of course. But it wasn't the shoe they drained it through, it was some other part of the horse. And the boys are getting stink all We think no more of ink On a Saturday, Saturday night The glasses they will tinkle When our eyes begin to twinkle And we think no more of ink On a Saturday, Saturday night With Irish Jim O'Connell There and Scotty Tex McDonald There's Hunky Frederick Herzl Getting tight, but that's alright There's Happy German Fritzy There with Frenchie getting tipsy And even Joe the Gypsy Knows it's Saturday tonight Nell and Mary and Mabel come to join us at the table And tell us how the bingo went tonight, we'll look upright But if they want the money, we'll be laughing up the honey boys Cause everything is funny for it's Saturday tonight Yeah, the girls have out the bingo and the boys are getting stink all They think no more than they go on a Saturday, Saturday night the glasses they will tinkle when our eyes begin to pickle. Come and think no more of Ingo on a Saturday, Saturday night. Ah, play it Loot we borrowed and recuperate tomorrow Cause everything is wonderful tonight We had a good fight We ate the deli pickle And we forgot about the nickel And everybody's tickled for it's Saturday tonight The songs that we'll be singing They might be wrong but they'll be ringing And all the lights of town are shining bright And we're all tight We'll get to work on Monday But tomorrow's only Sunday Tomorrow to have a fundy For it's Saturday tonight yeah, the girls have out the bingo And the boys are getting stink all We think no more of bingo On a Saturday, Saturday night The glasses they will pickle When our eyes begin to twinkle And we think no more of bingo On a Saturday, Saturday night We think no more of bingo On a Saturday, Saturday been a while since I started with the ring, so I figured I'd start in the car with the ding-dong bell, and now we're going to get out, grab my cane, yo, it takes me, uh, when, I, when I'm when i sitting down, I have to push myself up at least twice to, uh, to get vertical, to get standing, alright, here we are, we're walking now towards one of my favorite benches, see lots of little birdies in front of it. Um, right here in Bluffers Park on a Tuesday afternoon. Ooh, bit of wind coming up, sorry. I lost both my mufflers. I think I told you that. Ah, God, some people, you know, Jesus Christ. Somebody built a fire here, so there's, uh, you know, bits of charcoal and stuff. But, of course, they had to throw in a plastic bottle to see if it burned, too. And, uh... Looks like lots of tin foil, 
from food. So to do that, to, to take the time to build a fire and then not clean up after, you know, Jesus Christ. Anyway, let's not harp on that. This is a favorite bench, a favorite viewing spot, uh, facing my other facing viewing spot, as I've uh, I mentioned many times before. Oh, God, those willow trees are just such a delight. And there's just one that I can see in this park, in this area. And it's a glorious one, right on a point. And uh, people have placed a picnic table underneath it. And there's a couple of benches. And uh, for many years I have gone to that spot. And then sometimes I do like I do today. I sit across the water from it and uh, face it for a view. Okay, so, kind of a mysterious woman just drove up, parked a high-end kind of luxury car, and then got out, got on a phone, held up to her head, and was wearing the slinkiest possible tight dress. Oh, my God. Listen, if you're a male or of some other persuasion that likes females... This lady was hot, hot, hot. And the way she walked and wiggled, and oh my God, did she fill that skirt. Woo! All right, sorry. Uh, Just a little observation. I'm making lots of observations these days. Yeah. Good ones and bad ones. The, uh, well, I can't say good and bad, but um, a recognition of... My successes and failures, maybe my strengths, my weaknesses, I don't know how I want to put it. Uh, It's sort of um, piggybacking on something that uh, Kenneth Pereiro was talking about on his uh, daily musings on his podcast as he treks across the Appalachian Trail towards Maine. Um... And it was a, a little bit. I, don't, I may have. I may insert a little bit from that, if that's what you just heard, or I may not. Uh, it might require a little bit of editing, that I may or may not be up to. But anyway, the point was, um, the fridge on my road trek doesn't work on propane. It did for the first five years I've owned this road trek, and then suddenly it just stopped. And I googled it and said, "Oh, well, you got to clean these little vents. They collect dirt, and maybe that stops them." So that's one possibility of just getting some uh, compressed air to clean these vents. All right. I've been putting that off for quite a while, but I'm going to Mossport this weekend where there is no electrical hookup. And so if I want to have cold food and have my freezer working, God damn it, man, for three days, I'm going to need that propane thing working. And I don't want to take it to a dealer and be overcharged, you know, first, you know, whatever parts they might suggest, when may, they may or may not need any parts, the technician's time, etc. So, see if I can do it myself. Uh, and so I, there's two doors on the side, of course, one door is easy to take off, little panel door, uh, but I realized, oh no, that's the wrong one, that's the one for the hot water and everything else with all kinds of connections and wiring and things that I don't want to go near there. So come to the other panel, and I can't get it off. I just don't know, and I don't want to force it. And so 
I take a picture and I post it on Road Trek Canada. And already I've had a couple of answers. So when I get back home, I'm going to ask my son to say, okay, this is what they say to do. Maybe you can give me a hand doing it because I just don't want to break something, which what I'm getting at is the things that I'm just not competent at. Somebody else would have had no trouble, would look at it, would size it up. Okay, this is how this works. Um, There's a couple little plastic screws at the bottom. Turn those 90 degrees, lift up from the bottom, pull out at the same time. You know, sounds simple enough, but these things don't come easy for me. And, um, you know, I just, that's it. On the other hand, we had our writing class on Monday. Teacher once again spoke for two hours and did not give anybody a chance to read out their stories. Now, I had taken a lot of time. I guess that was the fourth class, and I've read out once. And and it just doesn't strike me as right. It's a a two-hour class. She could surely condense some of what she said. Now, it was an important lesson on how to write dialogue, and particularly the punctuation that's required for dialogue, which is tricky. You know, I've been teaching English for a long time, but uh, there's a couple of things I didn't know. So, anyway, she gave the assignment was um, just write a story with a lot of dialogue. And uh, that's what I did. And that kind of thing comes easy to me. And somebody else who may be able to get the panel off that door and just in a glance, you know, and solve the problem. It's a nice little blackbird. Um, could not um, could not have done what I just did. And I wrote it very quickly and I came up with a storyline. And uh, <clears throat> I was very proud of it. And today I opened it up again and edited it, tweaked it here and there, changed a couple of sentences, changed the character's name. And that stuff comes easy. So what I'm trying to say is you got to celebrate the things you can do and, and feel good about those. And don't beat up on yourself too much for where you don't shine quite so well. And I'm definitely, when it comes to repairing things, um, just for starters, the garage door which I'm having more problem with basically every time we do it. It seems to come off the track, and uh, no matter what, it won't respond to the, you know, the push button, you know, the uh, secret password. It's just not working. And I think I've read where sometimes these buttons just get worn out. But I can't, there's no way it seems to remove this. It doesn't look like there's a battery that runs this thing. It's hooked to the electric, I guess. There's, I can't, <laughs> I can't fix it. And so now, you know, it's quite a hassle because you've got to get a special key and reach way up to the top of the door and pull out this thing, twist the key and pull out this lock. And then you know, relock it, you know, put it back in once you've tried to get it on the track, hope that it works. And it may, you know, the first time it works, oh, yeah, there, push the button, it closed. Hey, great, it's working, until you try to open it. So there's just these little things that can be just fucking annoying in day-to-day life. And then you feel kind of shitty because you don't solve the problems and they build up. You know, I was so pleased that I had managed to clear out a clothes closet, but... Okay, what else is on the list? Oh, shit, the garage door, your uh, propane fridge, and who knows what else, you know? So, 
you know, these little things. You know, like we say, what are they? Uh, first world problems. Uh, anyway, I, I, I wanted to talk to you today. So that I'll feel, oh, well, at least you did something, dude. So uh, let's see what we got here. Come on, come on. Open up. Go to my notes. Dixon Jeans, episode 896, which I believe this is. Ah, I'm watching The Tourist on Amazon, set in Australian Outback. I don't know if I already mentioned that in the previous clip, but if I didn't, uh, I will double down on that. What a great show, The Tourist, Amazon Prime video, and uh, really, it's suspenseful. It's very suspenseful. There's a character who is, I guess you'd say, plus size, a woman, policeman, policewoman. And I think that'd be the only way I could think of to describe her, at least smiling face. And she is just such a wonderful character. And they've built the story around a little bit. She's got a jerk of a boyfriend who's obesely overweight himself. Well, he's obese. She's not. She's but um, putting her down and making her, you know, do these exercises and not allowed to eat this or that. Uh, and just basically ruining her self-esteem. And she's just gone off an adventure. And it's, it's sort of a, a big part of the story is her character and her um, sense of self. And, um, you know, sort of the verbal abuse from this lout of a boyfriend, and and it's just a wonderful sideline or theme running through it. I'm cheering her on. I really, I, and I like her, and I, and I don't. Want to, I think even one of the characters, you, you don't need to lose weight. You're nice. You're fine just the way you are, and it is. Uh, now, in contrast, they have another police person, police woman, who is much much larger, and. Um, not such a likable character, and maybe that's to sort of contrast and show. Well, this one, she's she's not that fat; she's just a little chunky. But anyway, I, I just like it. It's a happy story, and it's nice that somebody like that would get a starring role in a very good picture um, and deal with it head on or ass on or whatever. Okay, let's park that. Anyway, that's the effect of doing it. Now, I think I already told you about the um, yeah. Eternity isn't some time, some later time. Eternity isn't a long time. Eternity has nothing to do with time. Eternity is that dimension of here and now, which thinking in time cuts out. Oh, okay, thinking in time cuts out. This is it. If you don't get it here, you won't get it anywhere. Okay, that was Joseph Campbell from The Power of Myth, which somebody else had posted online, and I copied it. All right. And then I have a whole lot of quotes from The Wisdom of Insecurity. Should I be sharing those? To understand this moment, I must not try to be divided from it. I must be aware of it with my whole being. So in other words... I should be fully attuned to this red-winged blackbird that's uh, tweeting at my feet and the sun beating down on my face and uh, being reflected off the water and the gorgeous trees all around me and the fact that I have a favorite bench in a park very close to my home 
and that I'm comfortably sitting in comfortable clothes. And there's really, when it comes down to it, nothing else that I have to be doing today other than, yeah, okay, make sure I have a plan for supper at least when the uncle gets home. Yeah, yeah, here and now, here and now, an old man on the park bench. <laughs> uh, here's another one, and this one I like and I've used it before, but we're going to repeat it because it, it's, it's to me one of the best ways to capture what we talk about by the present moment. So long as you are thinking, I am listening to this music, you are not listening. To understand joy or fear, you must be wholly and undividedly aware of it. So long as you're calling it names and saying, I am happy or I am afraid, you are not being aware of it. Oh my God, there she goes, that woman with the... Uh, I, how, how else to put it other than, oh my God, such a fine ass. Hmm. Well, it's sort of like uh, this is bracketing this story, beginning and end. And it seems she's getting into the passenger seat, so my God. Um, what was that all about? I think it's because I'm I'm engrossed in this mystery with a, a mystery woman that uh, it just added to the, the, maybe the allure of this person. All right, all right, all right. Let's move on. Move on, Ken. Nothing to see here. Oh, yeah? <laughs> all right. You are not aware of any past events. You know the past only in the present and as part of the present. You're not aware of any past events. Now, it seems to me last time I was camping, I was celebrating past events. But what it's saying is... You only know you know the past only in the present and as part of the present. So when I talk about dancing in the bars, open air bars, open air brothels in Nigeria, all I'm doing now is calling back a memory. I'm not there. I but I I'm just I'm celebrating. I'm trying to celebrate the fact, yeah, but I was there. It was real. I was looking up at the sky. I did have a bottle of gold crystal in my hand. There was a woman up there on the floor with me. <sighs> the music was just making me dance and move and feel happy. Okay, all right, all right, moving on. All right, so much for notes, so much for notes. That's all we got. Um, 15 minutes, I think we'll stop here. I probably I probably owe you at least one decent song, so uh, I think I'll, I'll quit this. I'll go back home. I'll get my son to uh, say, watch me while I try and open this little door here and see if I'm doing something wrong, because he's probably a little better at it than I am. Oh, by the way, I, I drove number two son... At number one, son, uh, Kenji, back to uh, Pearson last night. Uh, record time there and back, which was nice. Past no traffic, no, uh, well, lots of traffic, but it was all moving at top speed. Um, and so he is now back in Vancouver. It was a good little visit. Always a bit hectic when he comes. Always a bit chaotic. Plans we never quite managed to stay on top of because they seem to change frequently. But uh, anyway, there we are. And it makes me think a little bit back to the times when I used to go and visit my parents back in Lachine, and uh, I just couldn't hang around the house. I had to be out all the time doing something. That shows up in the letters in my books. 
Scarborough dude. Oh, I, and I am thoroughly enjoying the process of writing and the challenge it, it's giving me. I, I I downloaded an entire year's worth, 52 weeks worth of prompts for writing, things to do, and I, and I never wrote one. Now, this sitting in a class with a teacher saying, this is your homework for next week, I've done every one, you know, within 24 hours of uh, getting the assignment and and felt up to the challenge and, and thought I've done a pretty good job. So there you go. Scarborough Dude, signing out from Bluffers Park on a sunny Tuesday afternoon with a little red robin. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Bye for now. Chick, chick, chick. Boys and girls, howdy. This will be the end of podcast number 896. Even though I'm at the starting point for 897, which is Mossport, there are cars racing around the track right now. And uh, I am parked. Ah, no, never mind. That's, that's tomorrow. That's the next podcast. Let's finish off this podcast. This one here. The one you're listening to now. We're going to finish this one off first, okay? Uh, and we're going to talk about yesterday. We're going to talk about yesterday. Because yesterday was a very special day. And I'm hoping I can capture some of that. But uh, no guarantees. No guarantees. God, it's windy up here. I think I'm going to change chairs or... Nah, nah, we're okay where we are. All right. So, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you will have heard that I signed up for this wonderful experiment. Uh, what, a, what's, what happens when a, uh, a 65 to 75-year-old gets behind the wheel of a car after ingesting marijuana, Right? That was the thing I signed up for, and I was very proud of that. I thought it was giving me, you know, street creds. Hey, Scarborough Dude's doing this test where they pay him to get high? Holy shit, that's cool. Yeah. Here's the crunch. I'm out. I'm out. I can't say they threw me out. I volunteered to step out, and I'll tell you why. God damn. There, there There was the whole story I was building up to, and I've already given you the... The ending. I'm out. Now, I went in. This was my second session. Spent, oh, two, two and a half hours, you know, urine test, uh, breathalyzer, and then a series of questions about your attitude about marijuana, how you feel, your personality, you know, do you take risks? Trying to capture who you were, these series of, you know, these standardized test forms where you know, marked from one to five. And I actually enjoyed that. But it was like a solid one after another after another. But I, I enjoyed because it, it, it made me focus. It made me think. And then they get under the cognitive test. Yeah, not so good, right? One of them involved, I'm giving you all the details because this is important, all right? This is, this is part of what happened to me yesterday. One of the tests, well, there's the usual memory. You know, I'm going to say 12 words, you're going to say them back to me. And I'm like, oh, come on, come on. Not a chance. Uh, because I never processed the words to start with. But we talked about that. The, the lady conducting this, the young girl, 25 years old. Oh, my God. She talked about what it was like to be 25. Oh, it, she, was a, she was a treat. 
uh, Eunice, I thank you. You did a great job. And I'm very, very sorry I <laughs> we had to end part ways. Let's put it that way. But uh, you agree, I agree, it was for the better, for everybody's <laughs> betterment. I'm no longer in the program. All right. So, one of the cognitive tests. You got a sheet of paper with the letters, uh, you know, 12, 13 numbers, 1 to 13, and then corresponding letters that go with them, A, B, C, and so on. All right? So, your job, find the dots. And, of course, they're timing you. Find the 1, connect it to the A, and find the two, connect it to the B. Simple. I mean, a, a, a child in grade one could do this. I couldn't. I was looking for the letter M. M. Now, the thing is, it ended at 13. You didn't have to match. You just got to 13. That was, and it said end. But I'm. I got. I got after J. Okay, I got one to ten, eight to J. Okay, after J, 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 K, K, L, L, M, L, K, K, L, M. Okay, I find the K and the L. I, I, I get M in my head before L, something like that. I don't know. She has to take the paper and cross out my line. No, no, that that's not right. You have to do it in in the right order. Twice. Twice she had to stop me. I'm still looking for M. There was no M. It ended at 13. You didn't have to match the 13 with a letter. Like, I just, my head just got bedangled, you know, begoodled, begoodled maybe. There's a title, begoodled. Um, it just, this is the way I am. I, I'm, certain things my brain doesn't function right. There, there are wires missing or crossed or there's fuses that are shot blown and it's always been this way it's always been this way so it it just you know okay that wasn't going to work anyway that wasn't what the story is all about that's just me trying to I, I mean I was embarrassed jeez yeah okay it's not that hard a task but it was I I had a problem with it I think there was something else I had a problem with don't remember what it was but anyway I, I still, I, I did enough. Oh, yeah, then there was a visual acuity test on a computer screen. The light's out, and you're just looking, and you, they show two images. Very, very similar, but one's a little pickup and one's a car. And the only difference is the cab. And they flash them on the screen, and you have to very quickly choose, was it the car or the, <coughs> the, car or the uh, van? Took me a while to get the instructions. Didn't know exactly what, what am I doing here. Okay, so anyway, venture get in and say, okay, now we're going to show you both. But one will be in the center and one will be off in your peripheral vision. And they divided the screen into, I think, at least 12 segments. So it could be like bottom, center, bottom, you know, it could have been, think of the numbers of a clock, right? Could have been 7 o'clock or could have been 1 o'clock. But it's only flashed briefly. So first of all, you're treating... Okay, was it the, what was in the middle? Was it the car or the van? And then where was the other vehicle? I, my brain is just not processing that fast. I cannot see them. I can't, I can't even see. I was guessing. During the trial for the test, I didn't understand the instructions. I, I just... I, I, I picked the right one. It's wrong, 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 wrong. I hadn't clicked where the vehicle was, the other one, 
the one I, in your peripheral vision that's flashed for a fraction of a second. God damn it, eh? So I'm thinking, man, okay, they're not even going to let me on the uh, simulator. I, I, can't, I can't do this. I got no peripheral vision. This is ridiculous. My God, they're going to take away my driver's license. Shout out to Kenneth. I'm having a uh, lug tread beer, a very good one, early in the day. But, uh, hey, it's a camping weekend. So anyway, we finish all that. I pee in the cup. Off we go to the simulator room. Wow. This is in the dark. No pictures. It's a full-size, like, chair. And you sit. Oh, damn. Just as I said chair, my chair collapsed. This fucking chair that I paid $50 to have sewn when it should have been rivets, the stitches just gave out. You fucker. You fucker. All right. Jesus Christ. Eh? Like, that, I paid money. To, oh, I can't sit in it now. I can't fucking sit in it. Right, come on. I, I, luckily, I bought an extra chair. Jesus Christ. All right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come with me. Over here. Over here. Sit in the, the lounging chair. All right. So where were we? Oh, yeah. Simulator. You sit down. It's a chev. You've got a full-size... Hang on. Jesus Christ. Just hang on, would you? Okay. All right, we're back. I'm in a comfortably ensconced in a new chair. With a better view of the cars going by. It's a, it's a clearing. But we're not talking about that. So I sit down. And... Uh, she fires it up. You've got one big screen, bigger than your big, huge home TV screen, right in front of you. And then two side screens where your rearview mirrors will pop up and show you the serene surround, the surroundings to your left and right. And then a road appears and says, okay, start up. I start. I see, oh, there's a handbrake. Put the handbrake off. Start, turn on the ignition, foot in the pedal, and suddenly I'm off under the grass. Ah, oh, Jesus. I steer, the steering's not working properly. I'm spinning out on the grass. Oh, Christ, I haven't even started. I, I can't get on the road. And I actually called out. I think this machine's broken. Like, hey, it's not working. And then suddenly I realized, ooh, there's a seat belt. I didn't put my seat belt on, which you're supposed to. They don't tell you. You know, you just, hey, just follow what it says on the screen. She can't tell me anything. She's just sitting behind me in the dark room. Put the seatbelt on. Ah, now I can get on. Boy, it takes a while to get used to the steering, the gas, the brake. Get on the road. In no time at all, I am sweating profusely. I am sweating. And it's, ah, it's hot in here. <coughs> can we open the door or something? Like I'm really, whoa, I'm stressed. Because I, when, I, I I, when I drive, I have my windows open. All right, I'm sorry. You're getting a little impatient. You think this is taking too long? Well, fuck you. Fuck you. This is my story. I'm telling it my way. Thank you. Okay. Now, I start sweating. And the next thing I'm feeling, oh, really terrible nausea. Like, oh, I'm going to be sick. No, whoa, something's wrong. Whatever it was on that screen, 
I'm really, my eyes must be flickering to the screen. I'm facing, it's dead in front of me. I cannot adjust. I feel I'm going to be sick. And I get to the end of the first practice session. We have to stop. I got to get up. I got to get up. She said, do you need water? Yes, I need water. I drink half a bottle of water. That was like, wow. And she said, well, you know, like I felt really strange. She said, oh, some people do. Quite a few people do. It's okay. All right. I guess I'll try the second one. (sighs) Try the second one. I have much better control of the car. Meanwhile, you're driving down a road, past forests and so on, and, you know, the road's turning, dipping, driving up, down, and the whole thing is sensitive to the gas pedal and the brakes and everything and other vehicles. (laughs) I'm not a gamer. I see a truck on fire on the side of the road, and I think I have to stop. Like, I pull over, there's no one, nobody's telling me to stop, but I think, well, what are you supposed to do now? Is this a test of what would you do in real life if you saw a truck on fire on the side of the road? I don't know. Apparently not. Apparently just drive by. Anyway, <laughs> no police sirens, nothing. Um, I get going. I'm driving much better. The nausea comes back at the very end, just as they say, shut off your engines. I said, I'm going to be sick. She bolts. She opens the door. She races ahead of me. She opens the door of the bathroom right next to the room where the simulator is. I puke. I puke out all that water. I puke and puke and puke. Luckily, I didn't have much breakfast. I just puked water, just liquid. Horrible, horrible nausea. I come back. By the time I come back, you know, flush the toilet, come wash up, come back in, there's already a nurse standing there <laughs> to see if I'm okay. So said, yeah, hello, I am. And uh, dear Eunice says, you know, if you're having trouble here, I, it's only going to get worse. These are just short practice sessions. You're going to be doing it for a lot longer and on other circumstances. And then after smoking marijuana, I, I, I just don't think this is going to be good. And I, I'm feeling, I'm really disappointed. Uh, but yeah, I cannot face it. I cannot go through that again. And it's not going to get, it's not something I'm going to acclimatize to. It's just, no. Whatever it was, my brain didn't do well staring at a screen. Uh, meanwhile, while I was doing that, I had to count backwards from, 100, from 900 by threes. 900, 897, 894, 891, 788, you know, 888, sorry. The whole time, ridiculous. Anyway, she handed me $100. I said, thank you. Sorry it didn't work out. I'm very happy to be walking out of there with 100 bucks in my pocket. I did cheer him up and said, you know, I did pay $20 for my weed. Yeah, well, that I wasn't supposed to be reimbursed for that until I'm actually doing the weed test. And so I didn't get the extra 20 but I didn't deserve it either. It just it was worth a try. Anyway, that was it, boys and girls. My experiment to um, test drive a vehicle under the influence of marijuana is over, kaput, finished. Somebody, some of you know in the podcasting community, uh, I have a friend, the one who recommended me for it. Uh, she did it and uh, loved it. Said it was just a blast driving high, but uh, it wasn't going to be for me. So anyway, so what do you do with the day, right? Oh, geez, here it is, 1230. We're done. Got cash in my pocket. Not going to go home. I walked Kensington Market. 
I walked to Kensington Market. And this is the part that I really wanted to share, far more than the whole story I just gave you. I had probably one of the most blessed, joyful days I've had in what seems like years. But I have the feeling if I listened back to some of the Dixon Chains podcasts, I would might be saying the same thing. What a blessed, joyful day I had. But by God, yesterday was right up there. Right up there. I got to this little park at uh, Denison Square, uh, which anybody who knows... Um, the Kensington Market will know that little square. And it's where a lot of the homeless people hang out. And there's a little table set up. And it's kind of a, a keyboard piano thing. And somebody often plays. I let up a little J. Watch the people. Feeling comfortable. And, you know, sitting in the sunshine. And I don't want to move. Uh, sorry. I'm just going to stay here. And I stayed. And somebody plays piano. I'm watching the people come and go. I'm watching people, you know, selling things out of the back of their van. I'm watching just the comings and goings of Kensington Market. And really digging the vibe and thinking, you know... Sorry. This is so different from Bluffers Park, from my life in Bluffers Park. I should do this more often. This is the core of Toronto. This is real downtown. I should really be digging this scene more than just sitting on a bench in Bluffers Park. And it was that it was that much of a contrast. My entire life is Scarborough and Bluffers Park. Suddenly, after the toke, I felt like I could be anywhere in Europe now. I'm in a completely different place. It was like a, a $2 bus and streetcar ride away. This is fabulous. This is fabulous. I'm taking in everything new. I am soaking it in. I'm feeling blessed, joyful, and a tremendous sense of relief that I'm done with this test. I wasn't disappointed. Unconsciously, I guess I've been anxious about the whole thing the whole time. Something was telling me. This, you know, do you really need to prove this? Do you really need to do this? Yeah, I, I do. Yesterday was the turning point. I can't do it. And with that must have come some relief because I just felt so elated, so high. Now, some gentlemen, amongst all the other people there, a lot of homeless people I would gather, sort of hovering about, you know, and he calls out something about, you okay? Something like that. I didn't quite get it. You okay? And I think, uh, I don't know if I really want company right now, but, yep, I just called back a yep, and I sit there, and he sits down beside me, and something happened. Something happened. I liked this guy immediately. I looked over at him. He had a goatee just like mine. He was dark skin. I guess he'd be black. Uh, hat on like I had. Goatee. Jeans. He was sitting there. And we start chatting. And we get into a real conversation. Real about day-to-day life in uh, Denison Square. And all the different characters. And he knows all of them. And they know him. His name was Diamond. So I made a friend in Diamond. 
we shook hands several times, you know, fist bumped. We were pals. I was so pleased to get to know Diamond and have that conversation with him. And swore I'll be back and I'll be seeing him again because, well, this is my place. I'm here all the time. One of the things Diamond did that really impressed me was a, a lady, a native woman, came up and she was a little shaky and said, uh, you know, said in words that weren't entirely clear, but he understood, I, I need help getting on the streetcar. I can't get on the streetcar. I need help telling this to Diamond. He said, okay, okay. And he's got a little package of some food and he just puts that, slides that over towards me. And, uh, says I'll be back and off he goes with this woman now I sat there a very long time and I felt so obliged in a good way to wait for Diamond to come back maybe somebody would take his little package of food maybe not but he said he'd be back and he's a man of honor because he's helping this poor woman who can't make it on her own to get out of there and onto the Spadina and onto that streetcar she needs help and he's going to help her he comes back with more food. I don't know where he got that. Fresh food in bags and makes himself a very fine salad. But he came back. And I said, I knew you'd be back. And our friendship resumed. I cried for joy. I actually cried tears of joy over this exchange with Diamond. Later on the day, I left. It took me a long time to leave. I got one block and I was sitting on another concrete block taking in the scene took me forever I was just in this state of amazement and joy get to the end of the street and I come across a shop an art shop decide oh I'll walk in I walk in there's a door open very back and I see this man and I said are you the artist yeah and he comes out a little hesitates at first and I share with him my joy and we have a conversation and I'm crying again I'm crying from sheer bliss joy wonder at the goodness of people all the things we complain about people are such shitheads people are such stupid the humans are such beasts fucking wars everywhere fucking inflation fucking this fucking that yesterday was everyone is beautiful everyone is kind and lovely the way diamond helped this woman to get on a streetcar left what he was doing, promised to come back, and came back. I thought it was just the most amazing thing to have experienced, to have seen, to have shared. I called him a gentleman. I said, you're a good man. Just as I was getting up to leave, he asked for three dollars, maybe get some beer. He spare me three bucks, you know. I'd like to get some beer. Uh, by this time, there's another native woman sitting with him. Who, uh, Lucy, I think, who looked like she might have needed some help. And uh, I fished out two of the fives I just received that day from Cam H. And thought, what a perfect place to spend this money. Here you go. And uh, left with a smile on my face. So there's the end of my story. I'm going to stop it right there. Uh, honestly, days like this are rare. Now, I, while high, I sent out a number of tweets. And I swear... They were Bukowski gold. Uh, I thought they were the most brilliant tweets I have ever done. I'm going to um, 
I'm going to go over them again. I, I probably won't share them on this podcast, maybe on the next one. Uh, but at the time, I thought, wow. And I was telling people, hey, you know, you're getting gold from me today. I, you know, I, I didn't get hardly any feedback at all. And I thought, how, how can people be missing my brilliance? Like, these are so good, these things I'm saying, these little observations. Um, it just, you know, it floored me. Anyway, that's the end. I've, uh, I've gone over time, I think, but... Uh, There'll be uh, another podcast following this, uh, and it will be from Mossport, probably about the races. Signing out. Bye for now.